Hey, welcome to another episode of Hello Educator. This is the second part of the interview that I did with Obli Chandran, who's a science educator and communicator. If you missed the first part, please do check out the show notes. Without further ado, let's get back to the episode. Let's delve into the aspects of history in science education. Every time you start a session, not just you, like in mango education, whatever programs that we've been doing, history has been a very significant part of, uh, you know, educating the children, starting off the course. What do you think is the role of uh, history in uh, science education? Yeah. So, whenever I come out the word history way, at least I used to, I think of kings and queens and wars and soldiers, you know, being massacred in wars. That is the history that everybody normally thinks of, you know, how how humans, you know, occupied different civilizations and how they went and went against each other for occupying new lands. That's a history that we've been taught about. But history is not just that. History is like anything that we see today should have had a past. And the, I feel for science, history is more important than anything else because people take science or do not understand the word science like we said the entire discussion about is because they do not understand what has gone in the past. I can give you a very very, uh, small example why it is important. Uh, Force for example if you are studying about force if you go into the textbooks you know people talk about force people study about force there are equations for force but there is no history of how force was found or for discovered, the equations were you know, being written, what went into the minds of the people who understood force, none of it is there. What you see is force is a push or a pull, or force is something, you know, for, force is equal to mass into acceleration. All you have is facts, like you know, that have been in the end of a journey. Like I told you, it begins with hypothesis and ends in a result. The result is what is being put in all the books. Like sun rises in the east or you know we have eight planets we have nine planets we have dwarf planets or we have uh, different species we do not know how those species were discovered for example what was before that so we never know the history so that is the reason why we take things for granted so uh, for example if you actually people understood you know how the motors spun or how your uh, uh, electricity works or how magnetism works how people have contributed to them then probably they'll value it more like you have, uh, for example, you can take uh, the same example of light. We use light in everyday life, you know, we use light for communication, we use light for projectors, we use light for telescopes. So we have, we use, the practices of light as a thing is endless. But how did people understand so much about light? Light has a speed, 3 lakh kilometers per second, and light has a nature that is neither, it, it becomes both like a particle and a wave. All these things have been, not just one person came out of nowhere and discovered everything about light. It's been generation of people who added little more knowledge about light in every era and now we have the entire understanding of light. So if you actually understood what people, Aristotle time or 2000 years ago, how they thought about light, how Newton viewed light, how Einstein viewed light, if you have the entire history, then when you read about light, light is an electromagnetic radiation when you read it in the book, it's not just two statements. It has got an entire history hidden behind it. When light, when people say light is an electromagnetic radiation, it's just a fact. But to make those two lines, it involves hundreds of people. Hundreds of people have worked hard for it. Hundreds of experiments have been done. So when you talk about those also, when you 
read those lines then people will know the value of it oh not like people have just written the lights and electromagnetic radiation people have worked hard for it and a lot of people have tried to disprove it and prove it and it has become its own, its own journey and we know about uh, gravity also like you know today we you know kids especially uh, love black holes and neutron stars they they want know about space and new planets being discovered but how do people do it and what are the laws that people are looking for what are the things they're looking for in a planet so all these things have had a history and people have contributed to it and i feel maybe it's true like if you want to learn about force for example you don't have to know the history if i know force is equal to mass into acceleration i can still use that to create whatever things i want i can make things move by just knowing f is equal to ma i need not know the history to actually uh, you know execute things but if i knew the history then i love the subject but that is when you know you start loving a subject and just start knowing a subject I can know what is force if I knew F is equal to m a, but I can never fall in love with the equation F is equal to m a. Any kid who studies in, in today's you know system will know F is equal to m a. He may know it, and he may even use it well to his advantage. But none of them will love the equation F is equal to. It's just F is equal to m a. It's like a equals b into c. A some variable is equal to another variable into another variable. A is equal to b into c. That's all. people do not know the emotions that's behind it and what has gone into it and if you really want to be emotionally connected to the equation f is equal to ma the only way to do it is to get into the history of the people involved in 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 creating the equation or you know making the equation what has gone into what are the fights that very interesting stories like right? that with several scientists who took two sides they fought with each other and you know it's very interesting it's just like any other story so if you understood that then next time when you read in the book f is equal to ma oh, It is just not three letters. It is an entire history that is hidden in the equation F is equal to m a, and that is how you love a subject, not just know it. And I love my subject. I, the reason I have huge interest in science or physics is because I put a lot of work in understanding the history of everything that I learn. You know, there are advanced techniques today to detect a planet around a star. But how would have people, uh, you know, known about planets in the earlier times? There is a growth. Hmm. They would have had a very primitive technique. Correct. to understand about uh, uh, detecting a planet an exoplanet and uh, orbiting another star but today the technology has improved mm-hmm. to appreciate the technology that we have today you should have known what the primitive technique that was used earlier it's true with the phones kids today use iPhones and you know very advanced phones with touch screens and people take it for granted if they knew that there existed a phone like 1100 which was just like a piece of rock and they would appreciate this so to to appreciate what you have today you should have known you should always know what was in the past that's the only way that you can you know uh, value what you have today otherwise i don't think people will value what they have today if they do not know what existed in the past and that is not just true of the materials around you but also true of science exactly that's what that's what i think of it yeah lovely lovely yeah. i know i had the opportunity to sit in some of your uh, classes and uh, you have a unique uh, methodology it is uh, learning science through storytelling right when you are actually talking about gravity your session mentions that it is the story of gravity right so how has it helped you to learn and how this methodology of uh, storytelling has uh, helped children to grasp whatever they are learning let's talk about that yeah so The reason I uh, share my science sessions through stories is because I love stories. I remember things well if it is told in the form of a story, and and honestly, I don't uh, plan my sessions to be a story session. It just happens 
so that it turns out to be a story because what i normally do in my session just like i told you in the pre- for the previous question i talk of history when i talk of history it naturally becomes a story when i talk of different people involved so what did that guy do what did this guy do what was the problem between them and so when i talk of things that have actually happened you can call it a story so in my since my sessions all involve uh, the history of whatever i'm talking about it naturally becomes a story i don't plan my session to be like you know i, I have to write a script have to it is all things that have happened i'm really for example of course newton you know the head was hit by an apple and that's when he got the idea of gravity it it is not true maybe it's not true in the sense it may not have occurred it's just a legend no there's no physical evidence like someone was recording the video when the newton yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, was hit by an apple on his head but it makes things interesting of course that is a lie of course you can call it you're trying to trick people into believing that that apple actually fell on the head of the newton right. and in my uh, sessions i don't uh, tell it to be a fact mm-hmm. like people say it it is not a true thing but it is interesting to think that this happened mm-hmm. so in that way you know i try to bring in uh, the hem- emotional part of humans involved in uh, you know uh, understanding science or uh, uh, discovering things around them and that is how my sessions become naturally uh, become a storytelling sessions and how it helps the kids in terms uh, of uh, me using this methodology is the love stories the first thing that you have to get from the kid is, is the attention of the kid and the moment you talk about force you know it is a push or a pull and it is proportional to mass and acceleration you know people lose interest this nothing is just a concept but the moment i talk about what newton was thinking about it and how what was the fight between newton and robert hooke for example historically there has been a very big fight between robert hooke i'm sure robert hooke is known for uh, hooke's uh, law elastic law and things like that so there was a, so the moment i talk about this then kids immediate attention comes to you and they start taking your things more with more interest so that's how to pull in the people's attention you need to talk of stories because historically stories have always survived of course science stories will not distort but mythological stories will get distorted over time because it's just like you know the same ramayana mahabharatam or any other uh, uh, you know the, the jesus stories all over generation when you keep talking and you know sharing things may get distorted if it is maintained only orally but if you write it yes. then there's a good chance that the exact story that was told by a person like 2000 years ago may survive today but the point is science stories whether it is oral or written it cannot be distorted it cannot change people cannot change add characters and change laws mm. to the way they want it so that's the best thing about telling a science story it it is going to be the same throughout so uh, one thing historically people have loved stories uh, and kids love stories even today but in different forms through movies or through radio or through talking to people so that's how uh, i chose this method i i wouldn't even say i chose this method it is what i naturally Absolutely. do yeah i talk about things from historical perspective because i love it and it turns out to be a story session for them so that's how i do and people love uh, listening to such things you're a very avid reader i mean we were discussing about uh, that in the session so what are some of the books that you would recommend uh, you can also talk about physics books and also if you have any specific uh, fiction books that you really want the fellow educators parents and kids to read yeah so though i love fiction but i'm not spent enough time reading about reading on fiction books but i've spent most of my time reading non fiction science books i can recommend some of the books uh, in fiction also most of the books that i would recommend are actual science books and the reason i say uh, science book is not going to be 
like everyone should get uh, proficient in physics and should know all the laws and you know get to know it no it's not for that it's to to me science is not just for a group of people people think some of things science is like for those scientists and researchers and it's not for the common public i say science is for everybody every people claim to be literate if you people say someone is literate they know to read and write but it is not sufficient in today's world and in, in any any era of time people should have a basic understanding of how things are around them so uh, i i have an example to tell you uh, why it is important for people to know of science but before that science books that i am about to suggest is for everybody it's not like you have to be a science student or a scientist to understand these books a any layman any public can read these books and understand so the first book i would recommend is cosmos again the one book that got me started into this journey by dr carl sagan an astrophysicist it is for everybody and it is a must read for everybody the cosmos and uh, there's another book again by dr carl sagan is called the pale blue dot uh, the That pale blue dot is it's a wonderful book it gives you a perspective of what you are in this uh, world and it talks about lot of science and why science is important science education so that's uh, those two books are that of dr carl sagan and if you're a little more interested in um, uh, understanding uh, uh, deeper into sciences you can i suggest you to read uh, uh, richard feynman's book you know he's a very famous uh, it's he's my role model almost you know richard I think, feynman uh, i think uh, yeah. we can do an entire episode on yeah yeah we can do an entire episode on richard feynman because he's been my uh, inspiration my role model the way i teach has lot of influences from what i've read from his books so richard feynman's book again he's got uh, uh, more complex books but he's also also got uh, Uh, books that everybody can read. For example, surely you are joking, uh, Mr. Feynman. It's a very interesting book uh, by Feynman. Surely you are joking, Mr. Feynman. So that I think that book I would recommend for a beginner, not for uh, someone who is well into science. Everybody can read it, but those books everybody can read, uh, mm -hmm. not just scientists or people who are into science. So uh, surely you are joking, Feynman, and you have uh, Cosmos, Pale Blue Dot, and six uh, easy pieces. a uh, six easy pieces yes it says six easy pieces but it <laughs> it requires a bit of understanding of the okay. six easy pieces is another book by richard feynman of course um uh, of course people are little more into science can read those book again if you do not have any basic understanding of science it's difficult to read uh, six easy pieces you know okay. do not be misled <laughs> by the title of the book it is still it involves a little bit of math and and it is not for only scientists or science students anybody can read it so sapiens is another book so uh, i mean talking about sapiens like it gives you an interesting perspective even if you read it for the second time it's a it gives you a new set of perspective i've read it twice and i probably will listen to it listen to an audio book again because every time you read it you start rediscovering yourself and how we evolved so it's a fascinating yes, sapiens is, is a piece you know <laughs> order it right away and read the book right, it right. it gives you a entirely different perspective yeah. it's very nice Uh, so only like uh, we uh, have a lot of uh, you know science enthusiasts and you know engineering grad students who really want to contribute uh, in in the education uh, space this is a common question that i ask all everyone whom i interview for uh, hello educator and like you know since tamil nadu predominantly we have a lot of engineering grads passing out and we see a lot of people who really want to become educators and uh, teach them where exactly do they start okay so i'll tell about how i started so like i said i was never 
I never imagined that I would become a science educator one day trying to talk about science and promote scientific temper. But I used to teach uh, the kids who were like, you know, my brother has a dance school, they used to, the kids used to come. I just used to talk about science in general. I never, it starts with the kids who are around you, like maybe within your family or with your uh, uh, kids, uh, distant relatives or relatives or your friends' kids. It all starts with your kids and uh, the people who are around in the immediate circle whom you talk as a general, start as a general conversation. Then you start to understand if you're actually interested in education or teaching. Because a lot of people who are into science, they need not necessarily like teaching exactly. uh, yes. uh, kids. Yeah. So whether you have actually an interest or not, you can know it only by interacting with few people in the beginning. Or you may have, I want to share my knowledge. You know, people may have a feeling like I really want to uh, share my knowledge. But today, unfortunately, a lot of people end up in jobs that they don't want to be in. And, and education also seems to be hit by the same disease because uh, people who do not get paid in other industries you know end up being okay at least let us get into education and become a teacher and earn something out of it no that is a very bad way to enter into education and you, know, you don't have any other option but at least let me teach that is not the right way to get into education if you're really not interested in education it's only for the lack of jobs and anywhere else that you're choosing this industry please stay away but uh, to me it is an offense because you're dealing with science and you're talking about science not just science in any edu education you're, you don't have the love for it and you don't you please don't end up teaching it and, and please stay away and if you feel like okay i am interested in this subject and i want to share the knowledge whether i'm good at it or, not, or bad at it you don't you can't know for sure unless you actually try it see so start off by volunteering in uh, start visiting schools uh, if you know someone a principal or a teacher who's you know you get permission you visit a school to see the ambience whether you like it or you volunteer in some school to take a session maybe one hour on whatever you know so or talk to your kids in the apartment if you're staying in the apartment you can organize for a small meet and where you can share what you have so these are the ways in which you can actually know if you're interested or good at science or even if you're better being good at i was very bad at science teaching in the beginning i should definitely mention it when i started teaching science in 2013 and i was all this you know kids have to understand things practically they have to know the fundamental level concepts and I started teaching kids and for the first few months kids could not understand what I was saying to them. Kids totally were blank. They understood few things, bits and pieces here and there, but they could not get the fundamental concept of what I was saying, which put me on a very, uh, put me down actually. We are trying to do so many things, trying to teach them, we have the intentions all right, but kids are not at the end of the day understanding. So then I understood, then the realization came, I should use the vocabulary that they know. Look, yes. I cannot, I yeah. cannot be using the words, the jargons, for example, the things that only the scientific community or the people who already know about it know. I cannot use those words because kids do not know about the subject. So you have to get down to their level. Like, for example, I have a very interesting uh, incident in my teaching experience where I went to one of the sessions and uh, I was asking this question, like, what is light? And uh, a few of the kids said, you know, light comes from the sun, light comes from the moon and things like that. And one of the kids said, light is an electromagnetic radiation and the kid who said it was sixth standard she is not like in, in, his, in her college or you know in her phd or something she was a sixth standard kid and she told me that light is an electromagnetic radiation now i was surprised with this answer because the kids knew of the words like electromagnetic radiation then i questioned and i i was pretty sure that she didn't understand what light was she was merely saying what has been written in the book or what has been uh, she's read from the internet. Then I asked her, do you know what electro means? Or do you know what magnetic means? 
they know what radiation means and she did not have a clue about these three words i'm not complaining that she didn't know but the system or the teacher anybody who teaches about light should not teach them like light is an electromagnetic radiation and move on because teachers somehow assume the kid will know what electro means what magnetic means what radiation means no they don't they've never heard of these terms but don't assume that they know and just go on with the teaching so you have to get down to their vocabulary to know which of the words they know which of the things that i can use to make them understand so getting down to their level it takes time it's not like you know i can do it it takes experience in one or two years you might get frustrated but eventually over time you will understand what works with kids what kind of examples you can use with them what kind of stories you can tell them that takes experience but you have as an educator if you're trying to jump into this field as an end engineer you have to have a little bit of patience because everything will not be like pleasant because uh, kids may not understand you may have other other problems or you may yourself may not you you think you may know a subject and when you start teaching kids that's when you realize you not you do not know much about it and that's why i whenever i teach science i let them ask me a lot of questions in most of my sessions are spent in them asking me questions because some of them i know answers for some of them i don't know answers for and the way those kids ask question will open a new dimension for you oh can such a question be asked i didn't even think about this so that puts me on a learning journey so any young uh, educator who's trying to get to make inroads into this field you should be open minded to accept that whatever you think you already know of may be challenged in due course and you should be willing to learn more and more update yourself and that again it it's a personal attitude that one has to have mm-hmm. and like i said you start volunteering you start observing other people teach like if you are interested in teaching like history you might get into a history class you know like how history is being taught in the schools how kids respond again i would say still uh, our society does not look uh, teaching as a very uh, very lucrative uh, uh, profession if you are of course in government schools teacher you get paid well of course that is a different story but if you are in private sector people are not paid as much as they want and that's probably one of the reasons why people are moving away from education and only the people who do not get jobs anywhere else end up being teaching offer there are some schools today offering really good pay but most of the affordable private schools for example are not able to pay uh, teachers well enough but still you know if, if finance uh, you know is not a constraint or you still want to try education you should have the patience to you know get into the field but but i'm sure in the long run you will have made an impact now i'm sure as you grow in your career you will have better opportunities to teach and uh, in terms of both uh, financial opportunities and also in terms of learning opportunities but if you are decided that i want to get into education please get into it because people need you uh, to trust me uh, uh, education is the need of the hour and more importantly since i'm I, i also love science i can say this for sure the science education is very important and people if you are interested in science and you w- want to make a, a change in uh, a kids life it's only by imparting scientific temper into them and if your education if you are teaching and contribute to a kid's uh, scientific temper and his curiosity i think you are doing i think the best job in the world i think there's nothing more more of an impact that you can talk of than uh, kindling the curiosity and the scientific temper in a kid i think that's the best job and and what you're doing is a noble job and whatever difficulties i'm sure they will come your way but the impact is going to be really uh, magnificent and majestic thank you yeah. thank you and that brings us to the end of 
the interview with Obli Chandran. I'm pretty sure you must have enjoyed this episode a lot. Uh, I personally had a fun time talking to Obli Chandran about science and science communication and various aspects of science education. I hope it also helped you. I hope you have uh, learned something new from this episode. And uh, if there is anything that you'd like to share with us with respect to this episode or the podcast, please feel free to comment anywhere in the social media circle and uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher please give us a review that's what will help us grow and reach more people hello educator is produced by mango education and uh, i am asif the host of the show signing off